Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. Welcome to the live Q&A with yours truly. Hope y'all are doing well. Won't be before you all too long. I'm going to make sure I just serve you all real quickly. I felt really pressed to join you live or to open up an opportunity for you to join me live. So I look forward to serving you all. As everyone is coming in, man, um, let me address a couple audience. I want to make sure I uh, shout out those who are watching for the very first time. Thank you so much for watching. I hope after you watch the video, you're like, man, I like that guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe. I would love to be a coach here online. But for those, man, my second audience, those who are listening or watching who've been rocking with me for a long time, whether it's been you've been subscribed for 12, 13, 14 years, or you've been subscribed 13, 14 minutes ago. I want to say thank you all so much for trusting the deposit that God has placed in me um, to help y'all uh, uh, grow and the things of God. And for those who don't know, my main mission is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. So these live Q&A videos, it just gives me opportunity um, to serve you all. So man, if you like, man, you watching this later, like, man, I wish I was able to get that live, man, make sure you hit that bell. So you can get all post notifications so you'll know when I go live. Because like I say, uh, no man, no woman knows the hour when I'm going to go live. So make sure you hit that uh, notification button. But as everyone is typing their questions, uh, let me let you know a few new products. My newest book, my eighth book, which I'm excited about, is called The Wholeness Journal. Uh, it's a book designed to help you process your level of wholeness and your ability to hold the important things of life. This book is good for teens, uh, singles, dating couples, married couples, families. It's good for each uh, person <clears throat> who desires to hold the things of God. Well, there's over 100 uh, reflective questions, 25 articles, and 52 weeks of accountability journal information. Also, I created a card game, which is probably um, the most uh, genius thing that God has allowed me to create. Uh, the first one to spell whole wins is a fun interactive game with letters, questions, activities like uh, exercise, uh, mathematical equations, things that kind of make you uh, just a fun way to stay sharp. And so it's a great, a fun game, great discussion game uh, for the family, for friends, for singles, for individuals to really process where they are. So all these books, card games, resources are available on my website, imunplugged.com. And let's see if we have any questions in the building. All right, we got Daughter of Zion 86. How do we rest in the Most High God? Well, the best way to rest is to understand who's best, right? Um, God is the best. Um, there's no need for us to be stressed. We should always be at rest because we serve the best. And when you understand God's attributes thoroughly and that he is the most high, I like what you put, he is the most high, which means he sees all. At one glance, he sees your past, your present, and your predestined ability all in one glance, which should give us pause uh, for the cause. And, and gives us rest because we know he has what's best for us. The issue is a lot of people are stressed because they really do believe that God doesn't have what's best for them. He has what's best. And, and, and when you begin to read the word of God and you begin to see God uh, come through for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that, that God came through for Daniel, that God came through for Elijah, we oftentimes think these biblical stories are antiquated movements of God, that God is not able to recycle them. That, that if God looked out for them, who are we in the new covenant? Now, who are we who are sons and daughters because of the sacrificial uh, uh, life of Christ and his resurrection and the fulfillment of his purpose? And so the more you get to know God's attributes and the more you get to know who he is and what he has done, 
You could be at rest. See, as a husband, I can't stress. It's it's too much going on in this world for me to be concerned about uh, the provision of God. Like the other day I talked about, there's two things that I need to be focused on, three things I let God focus on. The two things that I focus on is the who and the what. I focus on me. I focus on what he told me to do. I focus on what the word tells me to do. I focus on who I am in comparison to who I need to be. I focus on who I am as a son of God. I focus who I am as a husband of Brittany. I focus on who I am for the people that I'm here to serve. And then I focus on the what, the things that I need to do now to prepare me for the other three. Only God is responsible for the when, the where, and the how. See, I'm saying he's the only one that can handle that weight. Right now, you can't worry about the when, the where, the how, or the who if you're looking for a significant other. So you can rest when you know he's the best. But when you serve something, when you serve something or someone better than him, then your value systems, your uh, uh, mind is wrapped around their ability versus God's ability. So you rest by practicing rest. And the best way to do that is to look back and see how faithful God has been to you. And when you begin to track God's faithfulness, then it builds faith in the present to keep you being faithful in the future. Hope to help. Charlene Norris says, how can I be a friend with a brother I like who's a disciple, but with weak convictions? Well, uh, can two walk together lest they be agreed? Right? Can two walk together as they be agreed? You're gonna like a lot of people, but you don't want to let your like turn into love. You're gonna be intrigued by a lot of people, but you should allow your intrigue to lead to intimacy, right? So, friend is a very uh, a, a solid word that has been diluted over time. It's a very powerful thing. You can't, you shouldn't consider everyone a friend, and it's very difficult to be a friend with the opposite sex, especially if you're attracted to them. When you are attracted to them, uh, you gotta know the difference between what's attractive and what's subtractive. A lot of people are subtractive. They're attractive, but their character traits subtracts. You got no difference between what's attractive and subtractive. Attractive, attractive people are people that attract what's already been invested in you. They attract, they draw the purpose in you. They draw the plans of God with you. They draw that they are attractive. There's a lot of things that you're going to be attracted to, but you shouldn't be attractive to. I may be attracted, but I can't be attractive, meaning that I'm pulling it towards me because a lot of things that we are attractive to are subtractive. They're beautiful, they're handsome, they look good, but they don't have everything they need to add, therefore they subtract, so they're subtractive. So you gotta know the difference between um, counterfeits or counterparts. A counterfeit is anything you force fit in your life. A counterpart is anything that plays a major part in your life. I have a book that I wrote last year that talks about that. It's called Counterfeit or Counterpart. How to continue to discern the will of God in every area of your life. I have four, uh, three ways to test. To test um, uh, what's in a person. To test to make sure that thing that person is your person, right? So the real thing you have to understand is that you don't want uh, um, to let your like turn into love and your intrigue turn into intimacy if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to be clear to you and, and to be um, um, the power in you to discern what's outside of you. So what I would do, Charlene, is not even try to entertain my brother um, because you've already saw that. And sometimes we try to make excuses. So we're not saying you, but hear me closely. We'll put stuff in our questions like he's a disciple, right? So we try to put the positive with the negative to hopefully it balances out so that maybe the person that you're asking the question from can give some level of, well, he's a disciple, so give him a chance. Um, um, a, 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 a mature 
son or daughter of God should never try to date a babe girl. That's pedophilia. Not pedophilia. That's uh yeah, yeah. Like, like you that's like a 21-year-old trying to date a 14-year-old. Now, now hear me. I know that's a strong word, but hear me closely. Like, that's pedophilia in the spiritual world. Like, like you shouldn't be a, a, a seasoned vet, a person of discernment, a person of faith dating a babe in Christ. It ain't gonna work. You get what you pay for, you get what you date, you get as is. And then there's no guarantee that that person is going to actually grow and mature. Like you gotta understand that there's a lot of babes in Christ who have a lot of zeal, right? They have a lot of zeal, but they're not able to make a lot of deals. They're not able to make deals spiritually. They're not able to uh, um, do a lot of things. So he may he may be attractive externally, but you have to ask yourself: Does he is he attractive holistically? Is she for fellas? Is she attractive holistically? Because a man can be attractive physically, a man can be attractive financially, but there's a lot of financially and physically attractive men who are not able to lead spiritually, who can't discern whether there's a demon or an angel. They're unable to exegete the word of God with such clarity to the ability to be able to lead you thoroughly. So if that person has weak convictions, then man, you're going to have a lot of evictions. And so, especially ladies who want a gentleman, man, you got to think, you got to think that thing all the way through. You know, it's not wise for a mature believer to date a babe in Christ because that's spiritually unequally yoked. That's, that's, that's unequally yoked with a believer. You can, that's possible. It's possible to be unequally yoked with a believer because imagine you trying to walk in faith. Imagine you trying to walk in power. Imagine you seeing the, 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 the darkness around you and he's oblivious, especially if you're looking for a husband. That husband should be at either on your level, if not above your level. Let me be honest with you. If the leader should know more than the follower. The leader should be more equipped, more than the follower. Now, what I mean by that, especially when it comes to leadership things, in order for him to lead you spiritually, he should be more spiritually sound. In order for him to lead you emotionally, financially, whatever. Now, there might be some moments where you may need to help out because life happens. But when it comes to faith, he should be the one with the strongest faith. And when his faith gets weak, that's when you help. But 98% of the time, his faith is stronger. His discernment is stronger because he's the head. If the head is dead, then how are you going to be fed? Let's keep going. Rose Purple says, hey, Coach Josh, what is the difference between the purple and gray wholeness workbook on Amazon? Great question. Just the color of the cover. You know, ladies might like the purple vibes. You know what I'm saying? Let me show it. The ladies might like the, you know, they might like the purple vibes. You know, or the guys. There's a lot of uh, kids that I showed the book to. They said the guys even like the purple vibes. Uh, the gray. Let me see if I got the gray. Oh, don't have the gray. Either way. Oh, here we go. I don't have a graphic, but the, but the gray, but the gray one could just be for the fellas or the ladies who like that gray vibe. So the purple has more of a glossy cover. The purple has more of a, a, a just a cool, deep purple skyline vibe. But the and the gray one's just that it's a it's a matte finish, which kind of has that that matte finish. And um and maybe some people uh, prefer it's just a different covers, nothing different on the inside. Hope they help. Oh man, I just lost my spot. Mariana 92 says, hey coach. Oh, hey, Josh, how can you develop a friendship with yourself and with God? Great question of uh, uh, time, time and fellowship, uh, uh, um, time and and just being intentional. Right. 
So let's talk about how do you develop a friendship with God? Uh, the best way to build, build a friendship with God is to get to know God, which will can start off with just simply going to Google and typing in the attributes of God. It's hard to be a friend of someone that you don't know. You cannot base your friendship on what somebody else said about God or what someone else said about their relationship with God, because not everybody's relationship with God is actually genuine. There are people that will say, Lord, Lord, have I not done all these great things in your name? And Jesus is going to look them in the eye and say, depart from me for I never what? Knew you. There's a difference. I talked to my ninth grade students today. I said, there's a big difference between knowing about God and knowing God. And those who know God, their response or reverence towards God is different than the people who know about God. Those who know God has had, has had, or has had a genuine encounter with God to the point to where they have remorse for, from God. I told my students, I said, you can measure a love for a person has for their significant other based upon how they feel when they hurt them, based upon how they feel when they're doing something that they may not be pleased with. I said, if it don't hurt you, then you may not be in a relationship with him, right? Like if you're doing things willingly that God hates and you're doing things with no remorse, with no uh, hurt, then my friend, then your relationship with God's not real. I said, if I do something to hurt my wife and I feel no remorse, I feel no pain, I feel nothing, then we're not one. Because if I hurt her, I'm hurting me. Therefore, we're one. And if you know that the relationship with God is not balanced and it's not vibing right, and you begin to do things that you know that is not pleasing in his sight, then y'all not all right. And so friendship with God is being, is being fully sold. First off, friendship with God begins with a full conversion. That there was a converted a conversion experience between you and the Holy Spirit that seals you, that awakens you to God's goodness. That's why the word of God said it's the goodness of God that draws people to repentance. It's the goodness of God in measure, in comparison to what we don't deserve. That God is constantly good to you and you know and you have been awakened to the fact that you don't deserve his goodness, but yet you still receive his goodness and his goodness drops you on your face, drops you on your knees and you're repenting to this good God because you know you don't deserve it. That is the Holy Spirit's work. People think that salvation begins the moment you extend from your mouth your desire for God. No, the Holy Spirit has begun to toil the heart before you even confess with your mouth. The goodness of God has been chipping away. The Holy Spirit is uh, omniscience has been pursuing you over a period of time, utilizing circumstances, utilizing people, utilizing even the fruits of your own decisions <clears throat> to make incisions um, to open your heart up for God. And then you will have become awakened at a moment in time where you say, hey, man, God, I need you. You've been good to me. Maybe it was a sermon that triggered the response or whatever it is, but that's what begins. There has to be a full conversion. Friendship then begins to from full conversion to becoming familiar with him. And then once you become familiar with his attributes, then it deepens a, a greater fellowship with him. Then when you begin to develop a deeper fellowship, with him, then you begin to feel that he has become your full, that he becomes your everything. And now you want to be faithful to him. Right. But it's intentional. Anybody who's been in any relationship knows it's work. You get what you invest. You reap what you sow. 
So you have to constantly uh, have dates with God. And what I mean by that is you set days, you set a moment, you set a time where you and God meet regularly so that he can continuously reveal himself to you. You can live 10 million years and won't even be able to scratch 5% of God's character, which should inspire us to get to know him. Right now in my marriage, I'm still getting knowing my wife. I just can't rest on what I knew about her three years ago. There's different circumstances, different trials, different joys, different things that she's going through that's intriguing me continuously. So the more that I invest and make time for her and I begin to see the change of her, instead of rooting myself in what we used to have versus what she is becoming, then I will lose on the opportunity of knowing her. So it's a constant, continuous desire to get to know, right? Then from there, the Holy Spirit will then begin to reveal to you through your fellowship with him, your uniqueness. The Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and my soul knows it very well. How wonderful are your works? If you can, if you look in the mirror right now and you hate yourself and you don't like yourself, then you really don't know God enough because the more you begin to know God, he will begin to reveal to you why you are here, why you were sent here your uniqueness, that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully means that he made you with such reverence, that he took his time, that he respects what he made. He respects what he placed in you. I told, I tell kids all the time, especially one student, man. And, and, and I told her, I said, man, your voice matters. Like, like, because you matter to God, your voice matters. And anytime you feel like you don't matter, then you don't trust the matter by which he made you. That by the matter, the tangible form that he fashioned you in and the comparison being a thief of joy robs us from the opportunity for God to continuously reveal to us why we were respectfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful means you're one of a kind. I'm one of one. There's never there's never a Josh. There's never been a Josh like me, never been a man like me, never. There's not a man like me right now, nor will there ever be a man like me. So wonderful are your works. Not for me to boast as if it's because of my might, my strength, or my mind. The Bible says, let not the rich man boast in his riches. Let not the wealthy, uh, let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, but let them who boast boast in this, that they know me. Because knowing him leads to you knowing me. And then you will be a friend of you because you know your time is valuable. Your mind is valuable. Your life is valuable. Your words are valuable. You begin to see value in you because dignity is based upon or derived is a derivative. I think it's a derivative of word, babe. Yeah, derivative. It's a word now. It's a derivative of the divine. So the more I know the divine, the, know, the more I know who I am. I used to hate me. I used to, I used to be my biggest enemy. Now I'm my biggest friend. Because how can I be a good friend to my wife and be friendly to people if I'm not a friend of God or a friend of me? So I hope that helped. I hope that encouraged you. Sometimes I don't know if I gave a lot of practical advice, but I know the advice was anointed enough to destroy the yokes off of individuals to help them really be intrigued and inspired to go get to know God. And if you feel like, yo, 
Uh, I'm shaky about that. You got to be intentional. The enemy knows that most people are spiritually lazy and they're not, they, they want the relationship to be all about them. The reason why we're not where we need to be as in friends with God and friends with ourselves because we're expecting uh, God to do more than what he's supposed to. And we don't want to take the initiative to get to know him. Relationships take work. So if you want a better relationship with God and better relationship with yourself, you got to work daily on it. Hope to help. Brianna Battle says, hey, coach. I think I've met the man God has for me. How can I know for sure? I believe my last relationship was the counterfeit. Well, the best way to make sure you're not a counterfeit is to make sure you legit from it, to make sure that you've uh, grown from it, right? To make sure that you that person in the past is no longer effect on you. That's what makes makes you a counterpart for that counterpart, right? And so, um, signs that you met the man of God. First off, uh, uh, um, um, it has been confirmed by God. Now, uh, it's tricky because uh, I can't necessarily say how God does in every situation, uh, but you can't think. Thinking is dangerous. Knowing is 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 where it's at, right? You can't think that you met the man of God. So if you're in the thinking phase, you got to take your time. If you think that he's the man of God, then you got to take your time because you don't want to think. There's a lot of people that I've counseled that thought that that man was the one, that thought that the wife was the one, and then the final that thought became a thought, and that thought became a person, people that that doesn't want, that now you're in distraught because you thought, right? You got to know so you can flow. (laughs) See, I know my wife's for me because we flow. It don't matter what the argument may be, but we flow because we know. You have to know because confirmation keeps the grip firm. It keeps the grip firm. So it doesn't matter what argument we get in. It doesn't matter what goes on in my life. I know that God has confirmed her as mine. I don't, because if you, if you get to a place in the beginning where you begin to think that you met the one and then you married that person that you thought is the one or think is the one, then what happens when you get in arguments? What happens when he gets on your nerves? What happens? What happens? What happens? All of a sudden now you start questioning what you thought. But when you know, there's been times where I was upset with my wife. I went to the store and I said, you know what? You want to be mad at me? I'm going to go look at ingredients at Food Line. I'm going to go to Harris Teeter and I'm going to enjoy myself in all these aisles. And then when I get back home, she'll be like, why? You should, she'll hear me in the kitchen moving cans and, and doing things. And then, then the Holy Spirit would then draw me up the stairs. And you know how it is when you go up the stairs. You want to keep a frown on your face. You want to act like I ain't going to let you win this battle. I'm still mad at you. And about time I walk in my room, my wife can attest that when I walk around, walk in the room, that smile comes on my face. And I'm like, where this smile comes from? And because I know, I know better because I know that's my, that's my woman, right? So, but when, if you're in a thinking phase and that thinking phase goes into the next uh, levels of your life, then you're going to give up. So if you think that you have met the man of God for you, you got to even slow yourself down even more until you get to the knowing phase. Now, how do you know that that person's the one? To a degree, I'll give you some basic things. Number one, you know that, that you've met the one when that person is focused on them and God more than they focused on you, especially a man. When you meet a man, a man should be in a rested state. Man, let's get to it biblically. God did not bring Eve to Adam until he put Adam at rest. You do if you if you met a man and he's restless, then that's not the man for you at all or that's not the man for you now. 
that man should already be at a rested state in God, right? To the point that when my wife met me, no matter the challenge that we had month and a month and a half after our wedding, uh, after I, yeah, uh, after our wedding, I was still resolved in the one I know who solves. A man must always be resolved in the one he knows who will solve. He has to be resolved in the one who solves so that he won't be pressed when there's pressure. So when you meet a man who's rested, his relationship with God has gotten to a level where he knows how to overcome devils, that he don't have to worry about being leveled by pressure. Right? He's rested. The second thing you know you met the man of God for you since you're a woman, Brianna, is that he is rested because he already finished his assignment. Uh, what I mean by that is Adam was naming his animals. So Adam, she met Adam after he did something that made him able to provide. How do you know that? Because after Adam named the animals, it was through the naming of the animals that led him to name her. The reason why a lot of women are in dysfunctional marriage because a man, man hasn't named enough things to be able to name you right. If he does and have a strong a grip on his words towards you, he's going to call you everything outside of a child of God. And if that man calls you names, if that man doesn't encourage you, but always discourage you with his words, then he hasn't been in his assignment enough to be able to lead you as his assistant. If, and also you got to ask yourself, you are a helpmate. If he doesn't have anything for you to help, then you ain't his mate. My wife helps me. My wife is, is an English major. She helps with my books. She is an equal help. So no matter what I produce, she's the mate that God gave me to help. Thirdly, if that man is all up under your tail and does everything you yelled, then that man ain't a man. He's a man from hell, possibly. Because what happened when Eve was talking to that? First off, if a man lets you talk to devils, if the man is not a, a discernment enough to know whether uh, it's a devil or the divine, that man ain't the man. You see what I'm saying? So if he's going to let you talk to devils and entertain demonic thoughts and, 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 and doesn't know how to nip that thing in a bud, doesn't know, doesn't know how to shift the demonic world off of his house, and off of his premises, off of your mind, then that man, you ain't met the man of God for you. Because no man's going to let you entertain no devils. Because a man who lets women entertain devils will find himself out of his Eden. He guards his yard. Number one. What was number one? You know you met the one for you when that man is resolved in the one who solves, meaning he's rested. Number two, you know he's a man for you when you know that man has already finished his assignment. Number three, you will know that when I mean his assignment, his assignment of his single years that prepares him to be a leader in his marital, marital years. You know he's the right man when his words always encourage and never discourages. You know that man is the one, you met the one when that man don't let you talk to devils. Those are just quick signs. That we got from Adam and Eve that should let you know whether you should cleave or leave, right? So don't worry about your last relationship. If you're still worrying about that, man, then maybe you're not fully healed from that. You got to get out of the thinking phase into the knowing phase and you know where you are based upon your knower. And if you fellowship, if you, you should be, if your anticipation is the relationship with that gentleman more than your anticipation with God, then you may not be mature enough to know if he's the one or not. So the first thing you need to do is look in the mirror and ask yourself, am I in love with God? Do I love God more than the idea of marriage? 
And if you love the idea of marriage more than God, then you might have met the wrong one. God is not going to allow you to meet your number two if he's not number one. Hope to help. Hey, coach. I mean, hey, hey, Charlene. <laughs> I got time. Maybe one or two more and I'm done. Christine Cobb says, hi, coach. What do you think about friends trying to introduce you to someone to potentially date? I've turned down two friends from a fix-up as I want to keep things organic. Um, the best way to keep things organic is to be with your original farmer. You got to make sure nothing else is farming your land, making sure no one else is planting seeds in your land, that you guard your yard, that you guard your yard. People, People's... Uh, uh, um, desire for other people to be couples with them, to be coupled with them is due to them wanting people to play fantasy football with. It's based upon people who want you to go shopping with them or they're too much concerned about your single life. Like, like singleness is a blessing. Sometimes people envy your single, so they want you to be miserable like them, so they want to force you into marriage so that your joy and your singleness doesn't make them feel jealous about what they're in. Right. So sometimes friends, you just got you just got to keep it moving. Right. Uh, and so keep turning them down. Keep turning them down. And friends who always keep trying to introduce, they have to realize they're not God. God doesn't need nobody to introduce your somebody. Now, he may may use a body to do that. But if they're constantly bringing that person to you, constantly bringing that person to you, constantly bringing a, a person to you, then that person either is either jealous of your singleness or they're too invested in your singleness or they just they too concerned about whatever. Or maybe you are communicating with them uh, your pains about singleness more than you should. And you got to find joy in your singleness. But I see that you're turning them down, which is good. Uh, um. And so that, 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 you know, I would just ignore them. I will appreciate the gesture. Uh, um, but you want to you want to make sure that you don't allow that to become too much of a pattern. And so uh, I will tell them, hey, I appreciate you not sending me any more guys. I appreciate you for not sending me any other people. I'm not hiring at the moment because I don't even hire. <laughs> because if you have to hire, then you have to fire. But if you let God be your HR. You don't have to worry about uh, 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 unnecessary drama with individuals. Hope to help. Jojo Davis says, hey, what's up, Coach Josh Bruss? Jojo, what's up, family? How do I get out of my head about outgrowing family and old lovers due to my spiritually growth? Hey, I wouldn't even worry about it. You know what I'm saying? You, you, if you are overthinking, if you are intellectual, like if you are a brain strong person, then you're just going to have to constantly remind yourself. So when these feelings or these, these flusters of ideas or thoughts come in your mind, you got to go to your facts. Your facts is thinking about them keeps you off a track. Stay on the facts so you can stay on the track, right? And, and, and don't get to a place where you begin because what can happen is you can start going to into the extremes of idolizing your spiritual growth and idolizing your rebirth and utilize that as, oh, look at me. Don't you want to be with me again? You don't want to fall into that trap. So it sounds like that you're, that you're in the tender phase, the babe phase, not necessarily a babe in Christ, but the baby phase of, of spiritual growth. And so you grow alone, grow in silence. You know, and, and just stay focused on the moment at hand, my friend. Hope to help. Jordan Taylor says, as a teacher, how do you keep your peace and strength? I'm exhausted physically and mentally. I am in a high need school that deals with students who have extensive trauma. Great question, Jordan. How I do it? Um, don't get me wrong. The job is heavy. 
the job is heavy, but you have to learn how to cast if you want to pass. Like, like, like for me, when I get a lot of uh, um, students needs, like I am the social emotional guy in my school. Uh, uh, I'm the one that carries that weight. Um, kids talk to me about some deep stuff. Um, kids come and talk to me about everything. Um, and, and, and every ounce, every inch of my day is occupied with the energy puller, uh, whether it's from staff, whether it's from students, whether it's from the spiritual realm, a lot of pull, right? And so what I do, I supplement that with, with a better diet, I watch what I eat. I, I lift. You see what I'm saying? I do things that kind of balances out to make sure that my vessel is strong for the volume and for the vision, right? So how do I keep my peace? Because I know who the Prince of Peace is. And I always make sure that I am a peacemaker. So I don't allow anything to invade my peace, right? I don't allow nothing to come into my life to tear my peace into pieces, right? And also we look at the strength. I know that the joy of the Lord is my strength. So I fight for fellowship of God. I fight for it. So worship music, I play a lot. Uh, I have a speaker that I carry in every room. So even when I get out of a class where I didn't taught Bible nine, I taught economics, right? I, I carry my speaker and I keep the, the, the soundtrack of my season going. I keep the soundtrack of my season. And that's why it's important to have a soundtrack for your season. Get you a playlist, songs that will encourage you for this season, right? So you create a playlist of music and you have a soundtrack. So no matter where you are, you have a music. Music is a good tool. Working out is a good tool. Uh, uh, what you eat is a good tool to keep your peace and maybe start minimizing anything else outside of school that may be pulling at your peace. Unnecessary relationship, unnecessary friends, right? And so if you if you are exhausted physically or mentally, you have to then make sure that you take make that you have self-care, which means take your days off, take your days off and take a mental and emotional and physical health break. Right. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, you're not their God. You're not able to meet every need. So stay in the pocket of I'm only able to meet needs this way. And I only go, the only way I meet needs is based upon how he leads. Because wherever God leads and how he leads you ingenuity, uh, 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 um, creatively or whatever, he'll give you the grace for. But right now you already exhausted physically and mentally. So you got to make some adjustment. What's your diet like? What's your workouts like? You see what I'm saying? Uh, how's your electrolytes? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, and all that kind of stuff. And also, you got to have a soundtrack for the season. You got to have a reminder for your reason for doing this to keep you motivated. And also say, you know, I can only feed at a level of his lead. Because if I try to lead beyond how he wants me to leave, I try to feed beyond his, his lead, then I will end up finding myself at bleed. And then I'm bleeding over and I'm distraught. So right now, for me, I just take it one moment at a time. I vent to God. I go for drives. I go for walks. Not walks, but I go and I talk to God uh, to get things off my chest. Journaling helps. You know, um, writing things out may help. So find your balance, my friend. Um, but yeah, it's a hard job, especially after uh, what these kids had to go through. Um, you have to double up on everything, not just doubling up on your vitamins, but you got to double up on your spiritual and mental vitamins as well. I love you all. I got to go. Um, I didn't really, I wasn't trying to go 35 minutes, but I, I it is what it is. So I, I pray 
um, that this was a blessing to you. Make sure you check out my latest book, uh, uh, The Wholeness Journal, and make sure you also check out um, the wholeness journey course. So the links are in the live, uh, what's the thing called? Live chat, the live chat right now. So make sure you scroll all the way up to the top and check out, um, the links up there, links for you to give and support. If you feel uh, this, this was a blessing to you and you feel led to, to sow, feel free to do that. Also, all the books, the latest books and card games and merch website, all that stuff is in those links as well. If you're watching or listening later, these links are also in the description box, especially on YouTube. Those who are watching on Facebook, make sure you go to imunplugged.com. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, those links are on. Um, they're not. I, okay. I thought they was going to be on Facebook as well. Uh, so uh, make sure you go to imunplugged.com. Those who are watching on Facebook to get your books, card games, uh, places, a way for you to give and support uh, what I do, what me and my wife are doing. Uh, what else I have? Oh, other books as well. Also, make sure you get the card game. The first one who spell holes wins. A great resource there. It's a great fun card game uh, for you to interact. Uh, also, this book is also for uh, teens, singles, dating couples, uh, married couples, families to go through um, to process the things that y'all have gone through, etc. If you're looking for, if you're a single individual, like, man, I want to know the purpose of my singleness. Here's a great book that I wrote as well. It's a great book to help you examine whether you are whole or full of holes. If you're looking for a dating resource, I got also got a dating card game that goes this. I have to make a graphic for my dating cards, but dating prep, learning how to date God, date yourself so that you can become dateable to date your love of your life forever. Great resource there. If you're struggling with soul ties or strongholds, I got a book called The Purpose of Freedom. How to Untie Soul Ties and Uproot Strongholds, Who the Sun Sets Free is Free Indeed, That Bird is in the Cage, But God Has Been Done, <laughs> Been Done, Open the Cage, But We Have to Fly in That Freedom, right? So that book there, if you have a problem with discernment and you got a man that's looking real, real good right now, you got a lady looking like a little Debbie snack and you don't know if you should attack, man, you got to get this book, Jack. So you know if she's a counterfeit or a counterpart, right? So the great book right here on discernment, I talk about how, you, how to determine a counterfeit friend, how to test friends, test relationships, test situations, test locations, all that kind of stuff. That's a great resource there. I have my also my children's book. As he says, as for students I serve is the cartoons that me and my wife created. My wife's in the bottom right. I'm at the top up there, the bald-headed guy by the bus. That book right here is a great book for students. Esiums are just wise sayings that I've that we have that we want to inspire your students with to uh, find their art form. Also, if you're dealing with spiritual warfare, I got a book called World War Me, How to Win the War Within. It's a great book on spiritual warfare. It's a great tool, man, about what the full, what each armor means on the full armor of God. So that book is available now. Also, get your merch. Uh, I got more shirts on my website too. Iamunplugged.com. So that's all the commercials there. Um, I see we got a lot of people. Chase says, help us, Lord. We got people laughing. I guess y'all kind of behind in the video, but thank y'all for watching. Uh, Emmanuel Mwimbi says, been watching you for a while. I missed the good guys. Pod. I know, man, that's still my brother, man, but uh, it was uh, uh, that podcast took its course. Uh, and so, man, just I uh, hope that those videos continue to be a blessing to you, fam. I miss it, too. It was a great time. Uh, that's an interesting card game. Seems unique. Yeah, God created it through me. Uh, it's and 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 it's just dope, man. 
The way God creates through me, that's why you got to have, you got to spend creative time with God because that card game, once you play it, you're going to be like, man, this came from another world. This came from God. My uh, dating prep card game came from God. My memory muscle, man, I got to start promoting all my card games. Wow. So eight books, three card games, three courses, all that stuff's on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Okay, y'all talking. Okay, well, I love you all. I'll see y'all next time. Y'all be blessed, man. Oh, there we go. Um, I'll see y'all next time. Peace.